Hello nerds of the uh, Warhammer Persuasion, this is the Sig Marxism podcast and today we're going to be talking about uh, Warcry related stuff, news, a whole load of stuff, but uh, let's first introduce uh, my fellow pod hosts. What's what's up Danny? Uh, nothing much, uh, unfortunately Alex will, or not Alex, uh, Alex will be ho- with us this week, it's Sam who has been... Uh been kicked off the pod for uh liking 40k too much we decided to make <laughs> he, this yeah taken for us prayers up for your boy uh press f to show respect uh for the lad uh no it's his, bir- it's his birthday he's not dead yeah yeah we had to take him out back a little bit and give him a little birthday celebration <laughs> when he recovers from that he'll be back yes a- as you've heard uh we have rich on the pod as well our producer our beloved producer our daddy Oh, hey, what's up? It's me. It's your boy. Uh, I'm uh, barricaded into the podcast right now. Last gun in hand. That's not a metaphor. Um, uh, yeah, they come and you'll take my uh, microphone from my cold dead hands. Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny because obviously we we know you quite well and you've been behind the scenes tinkering away, usually DMing us about you know stop dunking on Nurgle. Nurgle's the best. <laughs> Why do you have to do this to my boy? Um, so you've always been in the background harassing us, and now we, we can finally kind of have you out in the light. Um, yeah, that's, and that's what everyone wants is to see is to hear more from me. Um, oh yeah, it's all about me. Uh, really, really, I'm the genius behind the the whole podcast, and now everyone will know that I'm the best. I mean, let's be real. Uh, the best the best way to have a healthy podcast is to just really piss off your producer so that they stop editing things for you, or just like make you look horrible in the edit. <laughs> Well, it's funny because uh, if you own me on this show, it's just not going to make it in. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to like the edits where it's like Rich is really awesome, or like something <laughs> like that, where it's just like really <laughs> you 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 string something together. <laughs> what's the what's the uh, Simpsons thing with the uh, the gummy Venus Venus de Malo thing? Oh fuck! I, I... <laughs> sweet sweet can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the simpsons this is a leftist podcast now so uh it's all about the simpsons simpsons is my favorite anime um but anyway <laughs> so w- what have we been uh playing and painting this week lads i'm i'm definitely not uncomfortable taking on hosting duties and not just sitting back and heckling uh so please uh regale us with with your various anecdotes and stories well, besides from playing with myself, uh, I have been uh, trying to put together some models. I got most of my Warcry stuff together, and uh, I'm getting ready to paint. I got my primer and everything. It's a matter of time and finding a place where I don't fuck up the walls of the apartment. Or finding a good good time outside where it's not raining and shitty, where I can actually paint outside for a little, and not, like, you know, be a dumbass and paint inside. Yeah, that's I, I can recommend not spraying inside. <laughs> I, I have done this. Uh, it damages your brain. Um, don't don't do it. <laughs> it's bad. I, I, one thing I don't get is though why no one just brush primes. I mean, am I the only person doing this? Isn't yes, you isn't are, it just you are the... a paint nerd? 
Oh yeah, it, it's just the, the kind of the peak of uh, meditative uh, serenity. I mean, just sitting there with one mini of like fifty that you're applying the base coat to in slow strokes, making sure it doesn't pull in a way that would obscure details. It's it's really fun, and you should do it all. <laughs> Love to spend three years painting ten plague bearers. Yes, I mean that is the drawback, and uh, as we may get to, you've wrote me into a. Uh, uh, a uh, doubles tournament and i'm going to have to speed things up a little bit yeah but i mean on the, on the flip side you will have the most beautiful 10 models on the table so that will be good partly also because i'm playing slash and you're playing nighthorn now or nurgle yeah probably nighthorn okay, so oh, okay. my, my army is going to be less yeah. my army is going to be a bit at 25 models yeah i mean uh so i was going to say that nurgle is inherently slightly less Conventionally beautiful, not not to body shame, but they're they're not really about that. They we they have different standards, and and that's of course fine. And and everything is beautiful in its own way. Don't be slandering, Grandad. You won't no, give your words. I'm not slandering, Grandad. I mean, that's part of the appeal. The appeal is accepting despair, and in some ways, it's unaffirmational to deny them their own despair. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, that is incredibly presumptuous of you. To, to want to paint them as happy when they're actually perfectly content <laughs> despairing. You heard it here you heard it here folks. Apparently Nurgle is goth now. So um yeah. Uh, Nurgle's cool. the first emo kid. He, Nurgle actually made Hot Topic. He's a founder. <laughs> um we don't actually have Hot Topic in the UK, so I've got absolutely no idea what the fuck it is. Like so basically my impression of it is a shop in which you go to and uh, when you're 15 and you come out just decked out in like Jinkos and Urox. Is that is that it's, accurate? That's pretty much it. It's basically it's basically like if you took like punk culture and like corporatized it to shit and like just like really like the most like <laughs> if you're 15 and you like edgy things, but like you know you just kind of go there and it's like pseudo edginess where it's like not really saying anything about like you know society or anything like that. It's just kind of like oh. Uh, here's a black shirt, and yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a guy, and I wear it. That's cool. Like contextually from internet jokes, my entire like imaginary concept of hot topic is like it's all just Jared Leto's Joker wardrobe, and that's it. Well, we all aspire to that. Yeah, that's very accurate. So we got that the UCC coming up, but uh, what other what other oh, news yeah. we got coming up as well? So, um, if we want to talk about that now, that that's uh, sort of my baby, and um, please stop me if this gets incredibly ponderous and nerdy. Um, okay, stop. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of the point. Like, so if you're into that sort of thing, um, right now on the subreddit, we're running uh, what what we call the UCC, or which is um, an acronym for the Ultimate Comrade Championship. And the idea is, it's a tournament uh, with each round is a, a poll that you have to vote. And the idea is to see who, according to the community, the best comrade faction in all of um, Warhammer is between 40k and AOS. So uh, we did it early on in the podcast with eight factions. Uh, we did it again this time with uh, a full 16. So all the Chaos Gods are there. You've got your Tau, you got your Farsight Enclaves. Uh, you've got Beast Claw Raiders, Stormcast, uh, and Sigmar's kind of faction. Lots of kind of options here and there. Um, and we're in the kind of the qualifying rounds, and it'll be interesting to see if Tau win again. Um, 
Um, I was I was um, uh, shocked and appalled to see that you were refusing rational debate by not in- including any imperial factions. <laughs> mm. Yes, you know. Uh, are, they... you, are you uh, are you scared to uh, face <laughs> Inquisitor Eisenhorn in a, a YouTube debate? Is that what we're <laughs> uh, is that what we're seeing here? No, no, no I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I I was afraid to put in anything Imperium just in case someone like like we, we got an influx of libs for or from Grimdank who then voted for them because they have like sisters of battle and therefore gender equality. I was like terrified More of just female the shame. <laughs> religious <laughs> zealots. Uh, yeah, uh, so <laughs> I don't want to take that risk, dude. That that's just asking for trouble. That's not like a platforming a like a rich dispenser type. That's inviting an entire KKK chapter to your birthday party and hoping they don't make a mess. I mean, the last time the Russians had at UCC, it was uh, they had a bunch of libs over, and like a lot of people died in 1917, and that during that grand UCC to see who was the best comrades, where eventually the Bolsheviks won out. But you know, ooh, and and, and Trotsky went out in the semifinals. Yeah, there was just a lot of really rational debate going on during that time. You know, the the white army just like just could not hack it with with the big brain red army. You know, they just went on the battlefield, just had a debate, and they talked it. They talked about their feelings. <laughs> so, uh, who in this scenario is the Mensheviks? Uh, I guess I guess the Menshevik. Oh God, who would be a who would the Men- all right? That's gonna be our next poll. Who what what what? Uh, <laughs> who are the SAs? Who are the social revolutionaries? <laughs> who are the Mensheviks? Who's, Come who's on, boys. The real, who are the, the real question? Faction? Yeah, the real question is who's the Black Army? The coolest army? Who's the Green Army? Oh shit! Let's see. Well, we'll have to we'll have to get really into the lore and really just basically. <laughs> Goddamn! Which faction would have the most Tachankas? Exactly. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we we have that. Uh, in other news, we had Nova, the uh, announcement of like various uh, things that we we can kind of get excited for and and possibly buy if we need to do so. Love um, to buy. So uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a few things that we we got there. Uh, there was some. Let's get the forty k shit out of the way because I mean, who really cares, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh... I, I'll take this one, being as the uh, I'm probably the only. Uh, Danny, you've bought you you have dipped your toe in 40k, right? I've I've dipped it into like Death Guard and like a little bit of some of the primaries. Sweet, visionaries. sweet. So you're so you're a reasonable person with you know good taste in uh, in models and apart from the uh, fucking primaris. Oh, well, I mean, they just look. They, 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 they just came in the box. In, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can't really. I was there for Papa Nurgle. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Uh, what are we getting for 40k? We're getting a new campaign series, apparently. Psychic Awakening. Uh, which looks like, um, they're moving the story on again. Uh, at least that's kind of, I mean, they're, they're kind of, uh, a bit, uh, vague about what it's going to be, but there's going to be updated rules for every Codex faction. Uh, some new models, apparently, and, uh, some new narrative stuff, uh, which is interesting because, um, the last major campaign supplement was pretty, pretty recent. It was, when did the Vigilus and Flames stuff finish? Does anyone remember? It's within a few months, right? I don't know. Yeah, it was around there. Yeah, so, so they're coming pretty thick and fast, um, which is, I guess, if if you don't play uh, a lot of 40k, which I which I don't anymore, 
um, I'm not playing regularly, so it's not a big deal for me. I can kind of skip it, but um, I, people who want to kind of keep up to date are going to have to keep buying these campaign supplements, which is kind of interesting because uh, the the idea with 8th edition is you wouldn't have these constant new books coming out with new rules and new updates. Uh, it was going to be more like AOS, where everything was on kind of one, all rules were in kind of one place, um, but that, that seems to have gone <laughs> gone a little bit. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that stuff. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of going back a little bit on that, which seems kind of obnoxious. But we'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll just yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe they'll just be like, you know what, we're gonna just post all this shit on our website, so you don't have to like buy all the codexes or whatnot. But I doubt that. That that'd be like the goal. But that's what people kind of assumed that there would be an app like there is for iOS, but uh, that's that has not happened. Um, and it seems unlikely now. But um, we're getting some cool stuff. Uh, we're getting uh, some new plastic aspect warriors. Um, so they showed off a Howling Banshee, uh, which looks pretty cool. Uh, looks pretty similar to the the current stuff, but uh, plastic. Yeah, like it, it literally looks like a, um, you know, j- just a kind of a, a done over version. Like like they've given it a spruce up almost. I can imagine it'd be, I had to get the old... Um, um, Howling Banshee's uh, images up on Games Workshop because as a non-40k player, I hadn't seen the actual models in a while. And yeah, I looked at the no image and I was like, I kind of remember them looking like this. And then I actually looked at the, the images and I was like, oh no, they're, they're a hell of a lot worse. It, it just does look like the um, original model, but spruced up. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Have they changed the, um, the scale of it at all to kind of match up? It's hard to say, really, side by side. Yeah, I guess um, until we see the models, we won't know. But it would be it would be interesting if they have, because it seems well, like everything's scaling up now. Well, yeah, even with that, but I guess you, if you really wanted to be a nerd and get into the math, you could take, like, the measurement of the base and like, <laughs> look at it like that, but, like, I fuck I that shit. I have done that uh, on some things. Um, oh, uh, God. Just, <laughs> just thank your lucky horse. stars. Alex doesn't give enough of a shit about 40k to do that. Uh, but, we'll, <laughs> exactly. but we'll get back to you with uh, me- with skull measurements when we uh, when we have the models in hand to use calipers on. Great, I'm excited. I mean, with me, it's really a debate about will we'll get to phonology or uh, humorism first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually, Alex, I'm excited. A bit of an off tangent, but I, we did talk about the four humors in my class, and I was very Ooh. glad to know that uh, I knew I knew at least two of them, and I looked like a big, big kind of smart boy. So um, thank yeah. you for enlightening me on that. Uh, also, you were, you were demonstrating the, black bile. <laughs> yes, I was demonstrating the black bile, but also <laughs> demonstrating the gifts of nerve. Nice. Which is the best gift of this coming holiday season. Well, you you just made me feel all the more sanguine, my friend. Flam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, we got uh, oh, we got uh, a new Primaris Marine, but this one's actually kind of cool. Um, we got a flying goth boy. Uh, so <laughs> the first kind is this the first like new uh, non ultramarine Primaris Marine? I think it I th- might be. It, 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 I think so. Oh no, so. we got we got um, Corsoro Can, didn't we? The white scar guy. Uh, uh, and also an ultramarine of some description, a librarian, I think. Yeah, the um, new librarian. Yeah, but we're getting um, Shrike, uh, the, the Raven Guard. Uh, he looks pretty cool, um, as far as marines go. If you like that kind of thing. I um, like how he has a half helmet with like the goth hair, but also a full helmet on his side, so he's just like <laughs> double edge. <laughs> he has the full emo haircut, which is it's just looks great. Just looking great. 
I mean, it's like if, it's like if uh, Spider-Man Three Peter Parker was also Bane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you really adopted the haircut. I was born with it. <laughs> now I want to see um, someone do like an animation of this guy, like an SFM doing the fucking Spider-Man three dance where he's walking down the street. <laughs> oh, you know he does that. Um, oh hell yeah! What else did we get? Ah, oh, the big thing that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Sisters Battle got a release date, uh, which is cool. Um, so you're gonna be able to play Sisters starting. Um, I'm gonna have to look this up. November 2019. Yeah, in November. Uh, and they're going to be coming in a huge army set box. Um, so they showed off some fully painted sisters, uh, some seraphim, uh, a new penison engine, uh, which is great. Yeah, that, that <laughs> looks I love sick. the baby carriage. <laughs> it's now like the adult man carriage. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Michael Hutchins carriage. Oh shit! That's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, I might cut that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the plastic cannoness, uh, which uh, was only given away at uh, Warhammer Preview, um, and uh, is also going to be in the set. So, yeah, cool. Uh, that's good news. Are female space marines non cannoness? Ooh, got him! I hate you. <laughs> what are you gonna cut that one out too or leave it in to leave it, it in well, i have to leave it in now that we talked about it um, all right and then uh, a description, motherfucker. Oh, fuck. now we need to also <laughs> talk about one of our the most excited thing we want to talk about that is middle earth the battle strategy game with uh apparently saruman and uh worm tongue so uh do we care you, you, uh, I, mean, like, I mean you'd love to see it it it, it was my first warhammer game uh, oh wow! Yeah, I had, I had a Haradrim back in the day. Um, oh, shit, now, now I feel bad for just shitting all over it, being an asshole. <laughs> no, no, I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Like, yeah, it is less racist than the books, so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, although it is kind of funny when they uh, they released the Far Harad expansion with the um the the Mahud, who were mm. like incredibly like like if if I was to say like. Uga Booga tribes people like that kind of stereotype. That's basically what they are, like really kind of iffy uh, looking models. But then he decided, let's just paint them up to be Caucasian to make it okay. <laughs> so they're all sort of like they they have kind of like I guess well maybe not quite Caucasian skin tone, but not dark. Yeah, that's so again proving that uh, models are a a better and more aggressive hobby than uh, basically anything else because you can just paint them uh, how you like. And then it's not racist. Exactly. Models released in 2001, less racist than book released, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in the 1950s. Uh, you don't fucking say. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, more interesting than that, maybe. I'm sorry. Don't shout at me. Uh, Warcry. Uh, there's yeah. more new Warcry shit. Um, we're all pretty liking Warcry, I think it's fair to say. Um, and there's going to be some new shit to play with. Uh, they're releasing an expansion, uh, Monsters and Mercenaries. So it's gonna you're going to be able to take uh, allied heroes. Uh, they mentioned Dark Oath Warcreens and Night Heraldors, if you want to blow that flute. And Saigors. Um So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it kind of, like, uh, it. it's nice that it kind of lends itself to that sort of... Um, 
Like, because I was, I think there was a white dwarf expansion with Shade Spire where you would play against a gargant. Yes, uh, the glass mad gargant. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, great idea. But I think um, Warcry would probably lend itself better to that kind of style of game. Mm. Yeah. Also, um, they showed off the Chimera model, which I believe you said was a, an existing kit. Yeah, it's it's not a new model. Um, but like, <laughs> you, you were impressed by it because the paint job is pretty amazing um like yeah, it's it one great. of the better heavy metal paint jobs they have on the site in my opinion Just, like the blending and the colors all, all work splendidly well um mm. it's, and it seems to fit in with the uh the rest of the kind of um beasts of chaos range quite nicely um it it shares some kind of common features with the manticore yes and i've never been a big fan of the the manticore um the the uh chaos lord sits on top i think it's partly the posing it's it's it kind of looks like it's a, a blood bowl catcher. Like it's midleaf. <laughs> um and this manticore has a similar thing, but I guess it's I don't know, it's somehow more graceful. It might just also be the, the paint job difference. Or I much prefer this would be yeah, biasing me. It kind of it goes it, it does mix um textures, so you have kind of feather and scale and, and kind of leathery skin but they, they seem to kind of flow together a little bit more nicely than the manticore which looks like it's been composed of different parts it looks like a rug rat um whichever the uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> okay uh yeah i think i think the other thing they were also talking about was they were doing the um the iron golems and the untamed beasts now come in their own boxes as well you don't have to get the huge set for it that's pre-order yeah, that's cool. Well, it would be the weekend that um, this releases. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that was in the um, uh, starter kit is coming out separates. Uh, so the Iron Golems, the Untamed Beasts, the uh, Furies and the Raptors that were in the Raptrixes, R- Raptorixi, that were in the starter kit, they're all coming out separately. Uh, and they're releasing another uh, Battlefield set. Um so that's there's quite a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, I, I might consider getting the Fury boxes once I have some uh, stuff off my shame pile because I both like the models of the Furies and they're quite good rules wise. They have that yeah. fun retreat mechanic. It, it's a shame that they're basically Griffhounds, but not as good. Well, yeah, I guess, but they can fly. Griffhounds so get to a, get to attack, so get to attack and retreat, whereas Furies can just retreat. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of funny how uh we, as we talk we might talk about Warcry how like the different rules uh, translating to AOS kind of become warped by the existing norms. So um all the the furies are two wounds despite being incredibly spindly and essentially being having physiques like Lord of the Rings Smeagol but with wings. And then all mm-hmm. the huge bulky um like iron golems are all one wound pathetic, you know, wimpy kind of Marauders. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a strange conversion. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of lens that, that they're doing. Um, Chaos works in mysterious ways. Yeah, uh, the, there's a question to be asked about like, do they actually want you to play these things? Given how they how they're pointing them up, um, I don't. I really don't think they want you to play Underworld bands or or Warcry bands in AOS. Which is a real pity because, um, like. I saw the cultist keyword, and I got all excited about the post. And this may still happen when the inevitable new Slave to Darkness slash Everchosen Metal Tome comes out, where they might release like maybe a generic uh, sort of new Marauder style kit, which would 
uh, pretty much go, go in line with like the uh, Underworld's Marauder Warband of the the, the Godsworn Hunt. It's going to mm. look something like that, isn't it? Um, and, yeah, and th- and then you have the potential to uh, proxy your Warcry stuff for that. Um, and yeah, like yeah, that would be great. Um, the Untamed Beasts especially fit in perfectly into that aesthetic. Yeah. So I can't see any problem with that. Like my ideal version of of that uh the release um obviously ignoring kind of like uh the hinted at elite units I think there was like some hints of dog uh, you know uh hound drawn chariots by in the uh, walking group. oh hell but, yeah yeah I would love if there was like uh two kind of distinct um generic chaos battle line units where you have the marauder side of it so following like the 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 Godorn hunt uh, walking style and then you have the cultist side of it. Um, and which would obviously be somewhat similar in theme to Karakakulites or like the um, uh, the the Cipher Lords in Warcry. So you kind of have like those two archetypes that are well explored, either the uh, like the, the civilization being kind of corrupted by chaos and then uh, basically sort of sabotaging from within, and then like the the Plains Warriors, um, and that would fit quite well with proxying the Warcry warbands that we have. Yeah, where does that leave? Chaos Warriors, though, because they're in a bit of an interesting space right now, because they they were essentially invented to be the opposite of the Empire. Yes, um, yeah. So now they don't really, you know, they were the Chaos version of of Heavy Knights, but Heavy Knights aren't really a aren't really a thing now, at least not in the, the that kind of. Um, I mean, we all know how I feel about <laughs> Old Tower Empire; they suck. Um, but uh, you know, Stormcast are, are really their own thing, um, and there isn't a chaos equivalent of that. Um, do we think there's going to be a, a kind of splitting off of the faction into kind of into kind of Archeon and the Varangard being that kind of elite heavy army, um, or do we think they're just going to disappear? I hope that they don't disappear. And I mean, in terms of quality of models, they are not in line with some of the new stuff. But I, I really like them and. There's a, there's quite a few similar models like that in terms of quality that haven't gone. Whether it's the the ghouls in Flesh Eater Court, oh, or yeah. the Seraphon, or all the Grots in Gloomspite. Actually, Gloomspite might be a good um, example for this because you got your your Trogoths, your um, your Moon Clan with Squigs, and then your Spider Riders in like one book. And I think mm-hmm. that might be a way to frame like an ever chosen book. So you would have the original ever chosen battle tome. Um, which uh, would cover your, you know, your Varangard Archeon, and I know there there have been possible hints that they might release a a foot version of Varangard, um, which would work work quite well in that. I think a, a room engine uh, looked like the one of the Varangard's gloves, uh, which mm. was a good hint. Um, and then you you would have like the the wilder side, which would would cover your uh, your new Marauder kits, and then I guess you're kind of like your um, more military, but still not the proper elite side, which would be the current Chaos Warriors range. Um, so there's probably ways of doing it. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it, if we wait and see what they do with um, Ogre clans um, and the possible Ogre release, that'll kind yeah. of give us an idea what's yeah. what's coming up. Because if they run those things together, then we can be pretty sure. That's going to happen for more factions. Yeah, and oh man, I'm really. <laughs> someone on the subreddit actually um, intimated to me that there might that they heard from a Games Workshop employee 
uh, that the uh, BCR Beast Glory Raiders law is going to change, which definitely worried me because <laughs> I really like it. And also that they're the only leftist <laughs> proper leftist <laughs> anthems around. I can't get rid of those. This is leftist erasure. Don't get rid of them having elections, not owning slaves, being democratic, and all this sort of shit. Yeah, singing "Always I Wanna Be With You." This is erasure. Mm, Jesus, so much, so much for the tolerant left. Right. What other news do we have? I guess. Um, well, there's one big one, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, who, who, who wants to take this? Who, who's got a Who's got a boner for the new stuff? I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. <laughs> yeah so uh what we're what we're what we're edging around and uh edging is the <laughs> edging is the <laughs> word in that sentence is the ossiarch bone reapers the new faction that's been announced for aos you remember that tithe thing that everyone was so convinced was tomb kings but was never fucking tomb kings <laughs> well it's this instead it's not tomb kings but they are kind of tomb kings. Uh, <laughs> um yeah so uh it's going to be a whole new faction um what seems to kind of be uh, the death equivalent of an elite army. Um, yeah, so they're... even the basic infantry looks like they're two wounds. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we would assume that. Um, although we we can't, we don't know because we haven't seen any rules yet. So uh, true. I mean, like we're, that's we're what just... I was saying. Like, I was looking at the base to make sure there were thirty-two mil, and they look like it. Um, and that it would make sense to me if they were, especially if they're coming yeah. in fives. Yeah, so what they are is they are um, they're bone guys. Uh, it's skeletons, but not not your daddy skeletons. Maybe it is your dad's skeleton. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they are a pure oh, construct army. Piss, <laughs> yeah, rest in piss. Um, so they're a construct army. Um, they are pretty heavy compared to the previous uh, existing death uh, death rattle faction so they have uh the equivalent of kind of uh battle line uh troops but they are big hulking guys with uh dual hand weapons large shields they seem to have a kind of um a lot of aesthetic influence from at least what appears to be kind of mongolian or far eastern uh sources they they kind of share kind of insectile the tomb kings but they're they 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 really have their own their own kind of aesthetic. Yes. Yeah, kind of kind of like that armor, like the overlapping armor looks very much almost like uh you would see like your samurai armor with that, especially with like those helmets with a huge crest. It, it the um it covers the ears as well as the back of the head. Those mm. are very much uh kind of samurai inspired, not necessarily Mongolian. I, I'm not too familiar with Mongolian arms and armor. That's mm. I'm basing that mostly on the uh, on the cavalry unit. So so they oh, have. Yeah. So they have Cavalos Death Rider Cavalry, which is kind of a, a kind of death-heavy cavalry thing that we uh, uh, we haven't seen since Black Knights. Um, yeah, they, they're they're a really interesting-looking faction, um, and the the lore that we have seen we haven't seen very much, but uh, they seem to be kind of a death equivalent of uh, Stormcast, uh, kind of mixed with Ainathikin um, because they are they are built from bones. Kind of like Stormcast, uh, you know, being bodies which are rebuilt, but they are powered from so- stolen souls uh, by these um, construct priests. Um, so it's a kind of really interesting, really interesting thing how it slots into the Death Faction. Um, and uh, there's a new, uh, 
yeah, there's a new leader uh, to go along with him. He looks pretty fucking good. I like, like, he looks like one of those, like, Marvel bust avatars. I just want to, like, make a parody account on Twitter now of, like, see someone using, like, just, like, a picture of this guy just as their avatar and just saying stupid shit, just being the Marvel bust dude. He looks fucking great. It looks great. So what you're saying yeah. is Orphean Catacross is Sargon. Yes. <laughs> they captured his likeness perfectly Sargon in this for bone dudes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, it, he, it is an astounding, um, not just model, but it's like, a, it's an entire diorama. The Just the Mortark himself looks great. He does sort of look like a, um, like, Alex from A Clockwork Orange, but, like, with an Egyptian fetish. Uh, that, that codpiece, wow. Yeah. It's literally a... <laughs> He's Talk in, about a boner. He's ready for right? cricket, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make sense to like four people. <laughs> oh, mate, we're going to boss it in the ashes of this dude. Um, he is a master strategist. Uh, but, nah, yeah, like it, it is a great model, basically. Um, I also have, I have a sneaking suspicion that Games Workshop designs some of its miniatures as like a because uh, there's a lot of just like big humanoids that are coming out between Alariel and him and, and some others, which would make like perfect Demon Prince proxies. Like a 40k player is looking at this and thinking, well, this is either a great Katan or a great Demon Prince. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, tr- that's true, actually. I hadn't thought of that. But like the Necron influence in the whole arm is clear, but he does resemble Katan and, you know, Nightbringers. He- yeah, that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, like it's possible to overstate the similarity with Necrons. I'm sure lots of people will be like, oh, they're just Necrons. And it's like, well, well yeah, well, Necrons not. were just Tomb Kings. So you could basically say the same thing about, yeah, about these. But yeah. Um, and uh, the headdresses yeah, you know, for me, especially, really remind me for whatever reason of like Thousand Sons. I guess it's that, that Egyptian influence. Yeah, the kind of Ushabti like <laughs> look of, you know. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, Catacross himself has got a kind of cartouche embedded in his. Uh, in his uh in his headdress so it's it's still there uh it's just not overwhelming anymore and it's it's kind of a little bit more um a little bit more subtle and a little bit i yeah i'm 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 really happy with them um i don't think i'll i don't go pick them up uh because i have a lot a lot of things <laughs> saying <in the> back, <laughs> yeah. including, including um thousand suns kind of staring at me um but yeah they're they're i'm very happy with this being in the game Absolutely, yeah. That's kind of how I approach most releases. Like, I don't buy new armies often, but I'm excited about new ones being added. Um, the, I mean, the, the main criticisms I was hearing about this army is the faces, because w- one of the things about them is we're talking about them being skeletons, and they are not skeletons. Like, they are very clearly built constructs, bone robots, essentially. Um, and one of the ways that manifests is in the faces are not skulls. Like, some of them have noses. Some of them kind of have leering grins, all of which I think looks kind of cool. Uh, but the best one like, we talked about is the before. Owo face. The... Yes, <laughs> yeah, like I don't because obviously you're going to get negative reactions. Um, I have criticisms for some of the like the uh, the infantry unit, in my opinion, is posed slightly strangely in a way that makes them look a lot better with the spears loadout than the swords one. I don't know. There's just something about them that seems kind of yeah. I often. F- I often feel that with kind of um, base like battle line infantry that they look better with long weapons. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a weird thing. Like swords can often feel like they're you know they're not poised to kind of use them 
they're poised to kind of wave them at the, <laughs> you know, they're waving them at the, at the opponent. Yeah. It, it probably doesn't help that they're putting their shields in front of them, which, in fairness, like, fair play. That is what you're meant to do with shields. <laughs> but, yes, but, the, <laughs> no, but the point is, like, the shields are meant to, like, resemble the, um, the, uh, the torso armor of Nagash. So it kind of looks like they've got, like, this enormous bit of torso armor from the wrong angle just in front of them. <laughs> but they're, they're walking ahead with, with body armor, basically, like cops. Which I guess they'll be Nagash's cops. Uh, so, uh, sorry so, to you ruin should, that. so you should love them because uh, you're a cop loving lib, uh, <laughs> a- according to this podcast. <laughs> All skeletons are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Games Workshop released the Shield uh, minis, uh, by which I mean they released Horus, then I'd be very excited. <laughs> but they haven't, so I guess not. Oh, that's a good question. What's the Vic Mackiest faction? <laughs> oh, you're going to say BCR. We just lost half the No, 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 because BCR are woke. I mean, Vic Mackey <laughs> is a horrible dude. He literally goes to work for ICE in the end. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, who's the ICE? <laughs> who's the ICE of Warhammer? Uh, okay. um, I'm going to say Korn to piss off Korn stands. No, no reason. Like, <laughs> I, I have actual nuanced takes against Korn. This isn't one of them. <laughs> I'm going to say elves. Of, it's got to be elves of some kind, right? Yeah, probably. Um, I I'm mean, say wanderers, because... Again, old hammer socks. <laughs> well, surely, surely they're the furthest away from ice if they're the actual immigrants. Like, <laughs> the entire point is that they're, they're the nomadic people. <laughs> yes, Traveling was, bands of it, ice. But it was funny. Up in countries. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in, my, in my defense, it was funny. <laughs> That's all that matters on this podcast. Yeah, we don't care true. about being right, we care about being funny. <laughs> True. Um, okay, so before we move on, can I just mention one other cool uh, model in this release? The big monstrous infantry uh, people who you can uncharitably call General Grievous, but I like yeah. the idea that they've got um, they've got four kind of skulls um, like melded together that makes them look. It, it's got the the look of um, Hindu mythology. Uh, you know the the kind of the multiple oh, yeah. faces. Um, Spinning around, and, and and they've got that worked into their deal where they're, um, I think, a body containing four souls. They just switch combat uh, mid battle, so they go from I don't know being master bladesmanship to master debater. If that's uh, Ben Shapiro's tiny skull. Uh, oh no, I should I should have fuck I should have said um, uh, I meant Charlie Kirk. Yeah, they're all the same, dude. Um, that could have really interesting rules implications. Uh, that's why I'm I'm kind of really interested what to see what what kind of what they do with these guys rules wise because yeah it's it's going to be interesting it's be interesting what kind of level these guys are at like what kind of like how how tough they are to handle rules wise yeah like death has some of the kind of highest skills armies anyway like night on are pretty pretty hard to win with effectively yeah i mean legions also kind of a high skill ceiling army even if they have one really really effective tactic so yeah this this these guys could Coom be kings are very hard to win with uh... <laughs> <laughs> for very good reason well i mean i all i know with these guys like i definitely want like to put like a magnet in the neck and then you just like turn the head around for like each uh like <laughs> turn or something like that just to, just just to give it some flavor just have build the ultimate uh build the ultimate leftist just have uh marks on one face angles as the other <laughs> <laughs> and, and then maybe just the, 
just just piss someone off and, and like uh, the, the back head is just not a leftist like uh, like and, and the... i just have hillary clinton in the back and be like yeah, i love marx oh, right, the antichrist and... yeah, yeah. Hillary it... clinton my four favorite people <laughs> Cl- clinton cool. has a, has really attributed a lot to leftist ideology with her yeah. book you know <laughs> yeah it, Clint, it goes yeah because uh disappearing into the woods is a prized um left-wing um tactic you know uh you go into the woods you write your manifesto you blow up some some um <laughs> some federal buildings That's what you do. <laughs> um uh, yeah fuck wrong terrorist oh well <laughs> i wonder where uh, the bones of uh, epstein went um oh shit i was gonna mm. make an epstein joke Oh, well, owned again. Um, anyway, so let's finish off with the new section because there's a couple of more things. Um, do, do, we, do we talk about the bone finish? catapult? We didn't, but it's cool. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's got lots of little legs. They're awesome. Oh, if I can interject one more thing, just on the law front, the I will never... like All of the uh, unit kind of descriptions make them sound really interesting from a law perspective, apart from the... Uh, apart from the cavalry, where their main defining trait is their towering arrogance. And can I just say, like, GW, you don't have to make every single one of your mounted uh, units be the arrogant one. Like, I get that that's a thing where knights tend to be a bit uppity because they're, you know, about a meter and a half higher off the ground. That does give one, uh, you know, a real sense of um, self-confidence. But, like, every single cavalry variation in the army is, is generally described first, they're the arrogant ones. It's a bit repetitive. I mean, I would. I want to. I want them to make a cavalry where it's just like they're super scared of everything, and they just kind of turn tail and run whenever something happens. So I think. Oh, they exist. Be. They're called um, uh, free uh, <laughs> free killed pistoliers. Got them. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, we also have Warhammer Heroes uh, starting up again, uh, which is the kind of shout out to the community thing. You get a little medal. Says you're you're nice. Um, it's all right. It's, I think it's okay, isn't it? Yeah, it's better than YouTube heroes. Let's say that. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, we 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 can agree on that. Uh, Warhammer Underworlds is getting an organized play scene. Um, well, a, a GW sponsored organized play scene. So there's going to be a Grandmasters tournament. Um, so that's kind of interesting. GW previously didn't really run their own stuff. They would they would occasionally kind of give their official sanction to third-party tournaments, but this is interesting, isn't it? I think they're they're becoming a little bit more like Fantasy Flight um, or Wizards. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there is there is a healthy tournament scene for Warhammer as it stands, um, but it is very independent, um, and it's very different from, from kind of the magic scene. Um, Danny, you probably know a little bit more about the differences there. Yeah, the magic scene, like, I think just with the problem with Warhammer is, like, the magic scene, like, the rules you get down to, like, the rules don't change that much. Uh, like, you may have, like, one major rules change, like, when you're, like, something like that, but the mechanics generally work within a self-contained kind of system, and, like, not a whole lot of, like, chicanery goes on with that. Like, you're gonna have your standard, you're gonna have your draft, it's, it's not gonna be, like, you know, you don't have, like, new models that you have to, like, balance out completely, or just, like, it's not as... I, I would say magic is definitely more two dimensional. No, no pun intended. It's more two D, and like you know, Warhammer is three D. It's 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 a lot different. Yeah, and Wizards put a, put a lot of money into uh, into 
onto the tournament scene, even down to the the kind of local level with um, you know prize support and and sending out yeah, um, yeah. sending out prize packs to 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 local shops. Um, something that GW's just never done. Uh, Fantasy Flight do the same thing. Um, I used to play a lot of Netrunner, um, and that you know that had a lot of support from Fantasy Flight. Um, I'm actually looking right now at some uh, old cards uh, that I stuck up on the wall because um, I'm a giant nerd. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if GW go that way um, if they if they ever kind of offer uh, think, you know prize support. I, th- I think it would be very helpful if they did go that way. I mean, just like. Literally, like, if you get, like, like one of the biggest things about, like, Magic the Gathering especially is, like, if you go out there for every week, you get, like, you know, promos and stuff you play, like, at a very, you know, basic level. You, you get some cool stuff, you, you have fun with friends, and it really brings people out, because it's like, oh, if the promo's good, it's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna go out, and I'll have a good time, and even if I lose, I still get this nice promo or something like that. Or, like, even, like, if they gave away, like, I don't know if this is, like, too much, or maybe, like, a small model, like, everyone that comes out, that seems kind of sick. Might be... Cool. Yeah, I mean they they they've started doing that with store openings, so I I don't see I don't see the the kind of it gets people out there and it's really a fun thing because you get to collect a lot of cool exclusive stuff and you know especially if it's like you know just like an alternate model of like something that they already have that's always awesome. I mean that, they do that with magic cards. You just have alternate art and alternate cool stuff, and people really like to collect that. Yeah, definitely, um, and it is a nice way of, of getting people because um, one of the cool things about the hobby, um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but but one of the things that I really like about it is that it, it gives you a kind of a kind of low buy-in, low stress um, way to kind of be around cool people uh, that you that you can get on with, and and you know there might be there might be some people out there you don't you don't want to hang out with. We've kind of talked about some some strategies for dealing with them before, but um, yeah, I've met a lot of, of really cool cool people doing this, and that I wouldn't have otherwise, um, you know, run to. Um, so yeah, that's it. Would be nice if if that was kind of a bigger thing um, for GW itself. No longer do you have to pay for your friends. You can just go to a games workshop <laughs> place. You just go to your friend a local gaming store. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, also, uh, Warhammer Legends. Um, so Legends seems to be becoming their the official name for kind of discontinued out of print models, um, and it they're getting a like a points and rules uh, system um, where you can continue to play those things. So um, stuff that was in the indexes for 40k when eighth edition dropped uh which aren't in codexes anymore uh those will have rules um and you'll be able to play them you won't be able to play them in competitive play uh, or tourney play um but uh that's kind of an interesting way to deal with the fact that you know sometimes models just stop being a thing um but a lot of people will still have them um so that's cool uh so you can stop moaning about two kings please stop moaning about two kings Honestly, for me, I think the way they want to go with this, almost like, again, going off the magic model, is you have, like, standard, which is to say, like, you have, like, all the new models that rotate out every once in a while and stuff goes out of print and stuff like that. So you still have, like, all the newish stuff that you can play with, but all the older stuff, you have, like, something, like, modern or, like, something like legacy where you can still play a lot of that stuff, even in competitive play, it's just sanctioned off where you have just two different um, things going on, and so it's a little bit different balance-wise, so you can have a little bit of fun there, too. I think of that yeah. could be something yeah. really just like it literally have like like Warhammer 40k and then like Warhammer Legend or 40k Legends. You have both of those going on, just different tournaments if you're going for like competitive play. Mm, for sure. Um, 
yeah, and it, it's in, it's interesting. Like you could always you could obviously do this. Um, you know, they don't they don't come to your house and take your molds away. Um, yeah. So you, <laughs> <laughs> so you could actually do that. You could, but it's now it's kind of officially sanctioned. That's that's pretty meaningful. Um, Remember yeah. when the Warhammer Ice comes to your house? You don't have to let them in. <laughs> no, you're right, citizen. <laughs> Alright, I think that's most of the other news that we have. They were talking about um, this animated series, Angels of Death. Looks interesting. I'm interested. Looks like a test. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it. This is literally like the first thing I've seen. Of it. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Animated stuff. I'm, I always love TV is reactionary. TV. Fun is counter-revolutionary. <laughs> this, is, this is also true. <laughs> this yeah, quote we... is brought to you by Phil Greaves. <laughs> Okay, so we, we talked about all the cool news, um, and now let's discuss a bit of the game that we've been playing. At least you two have been. I haven't given <laughs> a chance yet. Uh, Warcry. How's everyone finding that? I mean, I've been doing pretty well. I haven't played too, too many games. I'm still putting stuff together and doing stuff like that, but I've been looking through the rule book and everything. I literally have the rule book open right now, and it's been pretty interesting and pretty fun. Just kind of a lot of... Uh, just kind of cool things you can do with like some of the twists and stuff. One of the things I really like about it is especially with like the all the the different decks that you have, where it's like, oh, you have um this deck where you like it's like a much more interesting kind of way of doing a victory condition and I don't know, how you set it up and um what exactly is going to happen and kind of like the twist in every battle or whatnot. That's really cool, I think, to me. Like for instance, um, one of the things that magic. To tie it all back into Magic the Gathering because everything has to be tied back to Magic the Gathering. But um, the, Magic the Gathering did something similar where you had uh, called Plane Chase, where you had like a deck of like kind of twists and stuff that while you're playing a game like with a like a casual game with your friends, like you could do things and different things would happen to the board or like different effects would be available. And I think that that's really a cool way of doing stuff. So I've been enjoying that kind of looking at it and kind of you know again I'm not. I haven't done a whole lot of hands-on stuff, but from what I've seen so far, it's been pretty... Yeah, I uh, I kind of feel the same way. I played a few games. Um, I finally put together all my um, starter box stuff last week? Week before? No, last week. Um, there's a lot in that box. We'll, we'll go through it, but um, yeah, there's a lot in the box. Played a few games now. It's been interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there um, that I wasn't really expecting because i i kind of came into this expecting just a just a straight translation of kill team uh which this isn't really yeah a lot of what so i've played a few games um i've watched quite a few as well i think one of the interesting things about the way warcry is designed is it makes a really nice uh stream or battle report game um it's kind of the perfect length for a video thing Rerolling ones are doing really great stuff uh, on their channel. Um, uh, Mini Wargaming as well, uh, so you know, go check them out. Um, I think that might be intentional. I don't know what you guys think. I think maybe GW are kind of designing towards it being interesting to watch as well as play. Yeah, I think that that's something that definitely it seems like compared to like when I was reading stuff for like 40k rules, like it seems like a lot more polished and a lot more like interesting to watch not necessarily just play because like you know 
I think that they're moving kind of towards that thing where people are streaming it and people are like, you know, becoming watching your your favorite watching your favorite personalities play games is also as much fun as like, you know, playing it yourself if you don't like even have the money and stuff like that. And it gets really gets people into it. So I think that that is a positive note. And I think that that's what they've been trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get Destiny on streaming uh, Warcry, uh, giving us <laughs> takes about that. <laughs> Centrist Warcry. Why can't they just? Why can't they just debate? God, <laughs> my Iron Golems are about to deploy some pretty hard ad hominem here. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I definitely think. Yeah, because I, I I was looking at the rules as well. I think the three dimensional shit really does help the cinematic kind of watchability of it when it's on a smaller board. I think one of the things that um, that wargaming in general really suffers from the, the ability to be an esport. And I know that you've got people like Rob Symes and the Honest Wargamer really pushing for that, that that it to have some esport cred. And I've tried to like watch some live streams, but <laughs> top down view just looks inherently uninteresting. Because you're you're just flattening everything, and 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 the models that are the the focus just no longer matter. You, you you're seeing it like the um the the top down view that no one uses on the Total War unless you're like completely boring and you're not there for actually watching the cool confrontations. Yeah, I I I agree with that. Um, it's a shame the Warhammer community does it so much. Um, I guess they don't. You know, they're still a small team and they don't have um enough people to kind of uh film something over you know a few hours and put a lot of Take a, a lot. lot of effort um, into cutting it together I, I, they, actually, do, they like do some he, great work uh yeah. but yeah when they're streaming stuff it, it tends to be kind of showing the table and not um not not because they're quite often uh, at competitions and so they can't really step in and tell <laughs> tell the players yeah. what to do <laughs> for, or like for, multiple yeah multiple i think like also like the biggest thing is like especially because like if you're looking at like rule looking stuff like the terrain and like the height rules and things like that play an important part in um you know the gameplay so i think that like you know just having to be top down just kind of really takes away from that because the terrain plays yeah. an important part and it, it mm. could lend itself to like a gopro like i just just literally you're 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 uh recording it by hand because it's a much smaller more comprehensible amount of models that you could possibly follow with, with that sort of filming style um but not only but that, yeah. but I think like you need to have multiple camera angles, just like have a couple of, Yeah. Like just do kind of like shot, reverse shot, or like anything like that. As far as from a production standpoint, that would be the best way to go about yes. it. Mm-hmm. Um out of curiosity, I don't know if we've had all of us uh just say, uh, what are our favorite war bands aesthetically? Or the ones that you find most interesting in terms of lore? For me, Iron Iron Golems all the way. I just love the uh just the aesthetic of them um, just bashing the crap out of things, and like also like the lore where it's like they make all like they're like the weaponsmiths and kind of like that stuff. Like that's very cool. I like that. That's that's me. That's that's one of the major reasons why I got the Star because I was like, oh man, these Iron Golems look sick, and like you know the Tempest look pretty cool, and I like a lot of the uh, the Rapturexes and the Furies and stuff like that. But Iron Golems all the way, baby. Yeah, I have been playing Iron Golems. Um, I really like the way they play. Um, I like that the uh, we'll get into how the game actually plays, but there, the there are certainly there's a feel to each warband that is very different, um, and how they want you to strategize um, because of how they've designed the abilities. Um, Iron Golems, it's, it's pretty clear um, 
that they want you to kind of be methodical and, and move things uh, in block um, and think about your spacing and, and kind of uh, because you have a bunch of guys who are um, relatively slow uh, but hit pretty hard uh, and you can quite easily make them very tough. Um, so that's really interesting, actually. I, I am less sold on the aesthetic of them um, just because um, big guys in armor... Uh, is a very well kind of mm. well plowed furrow for Warhammer. I personally really, really like the Corvus Cabal because they remind me of cool shit that I like. So they kind of remind me of House Carter from um, Necromunda. You know, the kind of scrappy dung heap peasants, essentially, mixed with kind of this kind of really odd sort of witch hunter aesthetic. Um, so I just I really like the way they look. Uh, I haven't picked them up. Uh, I still only have the uh, starter set stuff. So yeah, I just really interested to see how they play and uh, and you know, the, yeah, we should kind of talk about what um, what models are available uh, and what you get in the sets because there's quite a lot of really interesting stuff in there. So I think like some of the things you have like. Uh... I think the ones they've released like now are mostly just a chaos stuff. But like you can, one of the things I liked that they also did was like you can not only do you have the chaos stuff, but like you can use some of your other models as a warband. Like you know the um, I believe the Stormcast were one of them. Yeah, the Stormcast Eternals, or you have the um, Deepkin, and like you know Night Haunt was another one I saw a lot of people doing and liking, and kind of some of the uh, orcs and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely gonna uh, try out some flesh eaters. I'm a tedious, uh, <laughs> tedious ghoul guy. I like ghouls and milk steak. That's my thing. <laughs> Little green ghouls, man. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a cool synergy that with some of the um, underworld boxes or some of the easy to build boxes as well. Actually, no, actually, no. Sorry, not easy to build. Um, don't think any of those can be fielded. But like, if you no, wanted, I think, I think to... one of them. The um, I, I was looking. Up, I think the Night Haunt is easy to build. I'm looking at it. I I don't because I think that's the Banshees and the Glaive uh, Glaive Wrath Stalkers. I think. Oh, it's um, a, it's it's the Chain Wrath. Oh, they oh, they, uh, uh, they feel okay. I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, um, Sto- uh, Stormcast Liberators as well. Oh, of the, course. Cool. So there's some easy. Uh, uh, isn't just Vanguard usable for the cards? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sorry, I, I haven't actually looked at the list. <laughs> look at us, we're so well informed. Yeah, but um, so, so like, for instance, I think he, instead of buying, um, because the problem with this, it, these cards are more effective if you have an existing army of something, because it, w- it assumes a bit of variation in what you would have. So like, for, for ghouls, obviously, it assumes you have uh, crypt horrors, ghouls, and... Uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess, a fleshy the court. It's a less um, applicable example <laughs> because there are only three. <laughs> why? Because we yeah, have yeah, three exactly. kits. Um, yeah, that would be why. But like, yeah. So with with Stormcast or with uh, you know the Gloomspy gits, you might need to, or, or especially with the um, witch elves, buying multiple boxes to field one smaller army that would end up costing you more. Um, but if you say bought the uh, Underworlds um, box for the goblins. The grots. Fuck. <laughs> I've given away my uh my warm and fancy roots. Um so you, you're getting a decent amount of stuff there. You, I think it would probably be around uh, the the points level though you'd probably have to buy a little add-on to get it up to full. You could just get that. Um so yeah, there, there's options if you don't like chaos, but why would you? It's the best. Um and I think 
the, the really underrated thing about Warcry is uh, theming uh, warbands for realms. It's such a great and exciting approach. And I'm really hoping that there will be models uh, options in the future. But like, yeah, so when the Everchosen book eventually comes out, uh, sticking some, uh, like have, having units that you could uh, feel these under um, these Warcry warbands as. So you've just got a massive amount of aesthetic options that kind of um, archetype. By the way, I didn't mention um, my favorite ones aesthetically are between the uh, the Splintered Fang because I, I like the the Greco-Roman lithe gladiator look. Uh, but I decided to actually buy the Cypher Lords because uh, they're a lot of fun in terms of lots of different kind of visual influences on them. I like the, the clean cut elements of Chaos with gems and stuff like that. Uh, and they're quite ac- acrobatic and, and nicely posed. And I like the idea that their special ability is just doing a silly leap. Um, which will be- <laughs> I won't have them painted up first because I'm painting the golems first, but it'll be fun when I get there. Should we talk about what you actually have to buy in order to play the game? Because it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's kind of an interesting question. Um, so in the starter set, uh, you get the two warbands, uh, Iron Golems and um, the Untamed Beasts. So you get them, um, and you get some terrain. Uh, you get quite a lot of terrain, actually. Uh, it's actually pretty good, uh, pretty decent value compared to buying terrain sets separately. Um, uh, I quite, I quite like the aesthetic. Uh, it's not super ornate, um, but it's, it's, it's more interesting than the kind of Sigmarite ruins stuff um, that they've been selling for the past sort of year. And you get the core rules and the cards that Danny mentioned before. So uh, you get the four sets of cards for the victory condition, uh, the deployment, the terrain setup, and the twist, uh, which you do need to play a scenario. So technically you could buy the specific cards for your faction, ability cards, or you could buy a separate warband, uh, which come with the ability cards, and just buy a set of the scenario cards and then you'd be set to play the whole game really does that seem i don't know does that seem like a legit thing um i think you could but i think it does make it kind of difficult if you if at least one person doesn't have a starter set yeah that's one of the biggest things that i feel like I, yeah it, it, it's gonna be hard especially like i don't know about isn't one of the one of the terrain card are just like placing the terrain so i guess you kind of need to have the terrain for some of it but it's kind of weird i don't know it seems like the ter- like don't each of the terrains like sell with um the uh card come with like the terrain cards that you can like put in- put into your deck or whatever yeah so i i got um mausoleum set that came out at the same time and it does come with a second deck uh which you can either uh, so you can either keep them separate uh and just choose the deck for the train that you're using or you can mix them up um and you can you can kind of get uh hybrid train setups yeah that'd be that'd be interesting but like i think yeah i think it's the biggest thing is also just like just because you have that terrain you could probably play like without the terrain deck but like playing with that i mean we're just set up the terrain wherever i think that you can do a lot of like kind of like you know table house rules especially and kind of make it your own thing which is you know what warhammer is all about but like you know I, I think that you could you could jank it around a little bit true and the terrain deck isn't always like 
totally meshed with the you know the victory conditions or deployments we i have played like a couple of games just where uh they just don't work together or they just make it so one side immediately yeah. wins. Uh, <laughs> you know they're just so far you just deploy so far away and behind walls there's no no getting to you or you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah yeah it seems like there is a little bit of balance needed there but like for the most part from what i've seen from like i think i've watched like a couple of games on youtube or at the very least watch them um one of the, the introduction video where they talked about how to play it, it seemed like things were decently balanced so far yeah and that said i think what you what you get as kind of a, a as kind of a, a setup is is nice it, it does give you enough to play um especially if you do know someone who has a star set and you you don't have to invest too much into it more than than building your warband uh especially if you have a collection already you know someone who has the the card rules just kind of put something together because you know give it a go it's it's a low buy-in um and it's quite a quite a quick game so can I just ask one question, actually? In terms of the rules, I'm curious to get your takes on it, because it did bother me a little bit. Um, I don't mind this in Age of Sigma, obviously, because the whole point about the game of mass battle is you don't want to um, kind of get pedantic with pointless minutiae. But so in Age of Sigma, you've got a uh, static to hit modifier. So it's always 3 plus, 4 plus, whatever, no matter who you're fighting. Obviously... It's different if you're fighting an incompetent, uh, just idiot with no uh, combat strategy versus like Archaon, who would be probably quite adept at blocking your blows. But in Age of Sigmar, it doesn't matter because it's a big game and and you kind of want want things to run smoothly. I was hoping in Warcry there would be some kind of defense counterplay mechanic. So in Underworlds, you've got a a defense role. And what I like about that defense role, it's such a small thing, but it does actually lead to kind of representative cinematic interactions where you either have shield um, as your uh, defense mechanic, so you're blocking when it's more effective, or a dodge defense role. And that's less effective, but it is still indicative of like what they're doing. Whereas the fact that you're always rolling against strength versus toughness, I, I understand why that makes it elegant. But it might also be because it's called toughness. Like it isn't called defense value and in my head that would more imply like a live fighter like the cypher lords dodging out the way but because it's toughness it just kind of sounds like they take the blow and hope for the best mm-hmm. um, that is an interesting question um it, it, it is interesting the, the, so there's a there's kind of a, a second effect from that the defender isn't really involved in the process at all sounds like my divorce <laughs> Waka waka. <laughs> the way I tell them. That's where the sad trombone comes in. Yeah, so you're not involved. You just, you come up and you get bonked on the head and you take wounds, but you you could just get told that you know you're not you're not there. Um, one of the things I think militates against that is the fact I don't think many people are actually using this at the moment, but um, there are abilities and kind of parts of the game that you can use to to kind of mitigate that. So not many people are doing this, but if you pass your turn, you can attack someone when they when they kind of pop up to attack you. Yeah, it it it, yeah. it is you know it's like Overwatching in mm-hmm. XCOM. Or I, I haven't seen people using it much, but it does kind of give you some interaction in the other person's phase. Um, 
I think I think that's less of a problem because it's alternating activation. Uh, which, uh, sorry guys, I just one hundred percent support for all GW yeah, games. I'm, I'm um, fuck having turns. This is <laughs> this is not how things work in reality. Time is you know continuing linear process. You can't pause it. <laughs> yeah. So so you're not so you're not out of the game for 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 that long. Um, but it, it can feel pretty bad when. Say you know the ogre breacher comes up and up to you and rolls four sixes and does like twenty six wounds and just takes your guy off, and you haven't been a part of that interaction at all. So so I do get where you're I mean, coming it's, from. I mean, it's it's more just from a because oh, obviously you can tell I'm a Timmy, right? In terms of the 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 magic Timmy spike and what's the last yeah. one? Um, Timmy spike. Oh fuck, um, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny, yeah, Johnny's the unimportant one. No one cares about Johnny. Um, but so I like it's it's to me it's about the uh just the cinematic quality. When you're in a skirmish game, the advantage of that is you can perhaps represent more intricate details of specific interactions, which then l- lends to a kind of uh, I mean, t- to be fair, like e- this isn't even that well um represented in Dungeons and Dragons combat, and that's like extremely fucking granular. Oh, hell no. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's just the fact that the way the rules are written discourage you from imagining anything other than you know the, the strength toughness kind of implies guy gets hurt and depending on how <laughs> how resilient it, they are that day they're going down or not. Mm. It is funny that you bring up um, RPG combat because I um, as someone who's run a lot of Dark Heresy, which goes in completely the opposite direction that can also be a problem because dice rolls can really distance you from the idea of you know the the kind of oh, i'm gonna say it visceral interaction like you know the the kind of gut feeling of what your character is doing right then if you're rolling you know d100s every three seconds to figure out what part of the body you hit and you know how much how far through the armor did you penetrate and so on that can also kind of bring down the, the the kind of realism or 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 effective level of engagement. I think you're not wrong. It it, it does feel a little strange, it's, but it's I, I I'm I'm willing to put up with it because it it does speed up the game, and that's that's really important in a skirmish game like this. Yeah, yeah. I did, like it's it's not a huge complaint. It just um it was something that going from Underworld, which I just thought got that interaction right in my head uh felt, felt a bit strange i mean i guess it adds an extra dice roll perhaps they tested it out and realized you know the the increased speed of it just is 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 what mm. i think underworlds is much more of a board game as well yeah. because it, it you know he does use special dice and and so on maybe that's part you know part of the problem all games are part of the problem <laughs> down with gamers <laughs> gamers yes, eyes down <laughs> President G, my head is here for the taking. <laughs> Actually, G is cancelled. Oh, by... well, after the protests in uh, Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah, so, um, sorry, tankies. Um... It's almost like tankies, the, the state is the issue. It's weird, you know? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to Ancom. Hell yeah, yeah, let's go. Damn. You know, they were much more chill when we were shipping them opium. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> War crimes of the of England, yeah. You know. Yeah, I stand yellow. I'm glad the U.S. has not done anything to China, you know, to do anything like that. That would be 
be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I, th- I think we're completely. It, it sounds like a threat. <laughs> anyway, Danny Danny was issuing threats on behalf of the US, so let's uh, <laughs> probably time to wrap up. Um, last thoughts on Warcry, I think. I think I mean it's been interesting. I also like kind of one of the other things I to talk about was just like. The dice mechanics seem pretty novel and interesting, where it's like you have a trade-off where it's do you want to go first or do you want to have like more doubles and do more abilities and stuff. Like I think that's a really cool trade-off. Like just talking about that and trying to figure out stuff and trying to be strategic with how you use your dice and whatnot. And of course the dice that comes with actually the starter pack are all uh color coded, so like you can, you know, just do that. Actually, one last thing before we go, speaking of dice, I had a nightmare about Warcry and dice where, um, for, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. for whatever reason, I had gone to a gaming store to play Warcry, but um, I had lost two of my dice somewhere in the store, and I was looking around for them, and I kept finding all these different dice, but they like weren't the same dice. Like I, I flipped them over, and I'm like, this dice is made of wood, and it's like two feet big. Like, what the fuck is this? And I just like, kept going around and just like finding dice, and I was like having a panic attack because I was like trying to find these two fucking dice. And I was just like, are those it? No, I just searched those. Those, those can't be my dice. They're too big. And it just like fried my brain, and I woke up, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> question in this dream were you wearing pants oh yes i i was wearing pants but uh i think everyone's wearing pants doesn't sound like any of my dreams then. all right all right i'm, I'm sorry that you have normie dream i'm gonna have to lay yeah. it on you <laughs> my dreams are just sheila buff saying don't let your dreams be dreams um <laughs> which is just horrible someone's trying to inception you <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I don't envy my Inception guy. Um, <laughs> there's only so many Vic Mackies you can run into in my subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've had a fun episode. I, I hope you guys have too. Um, it's been great having you on, Rich. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll speak to you again soon. Um, I, I wonder why. Probably because you actually produce and edit our podcast. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be a doozy, doozy to fucking edit. Yeah, it's cool. I I love being the um uh, the third choice uh, stringer and punch up the um clearly failing uh, Sigmarsson podcast. You'd love to see it. Folks. Ooh, ooh, them's fighting words. I mean, all I have to say is every single episode that I've been on has been good, and every single episode I haven't been on has not been good. So, who's just to say is the best person on this podcast? <laughs> Indeed, I mean. <laughs> We we do need our interrupter in chief on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Sam. Big Daddy. Yes, Sam is Love definitely you. not dead. Don't worry about Sam. He just does a cold. Yes. Hopefully he he will recover. Um. But you know. Um. You know. From having birthdays, it, it is a terrible guess. Uh. If you want to get more Sigmarxism, and after this episode I, I i don't know why you wouldn't um please visit our subreddit. <laughs> who could blame you <laughs> or you can take part in the uh, ucc if you're feeling up to that and you can also message uh, one of the mods to join our discord it, it, it's lovely and the twitter obviously follow us there um i'm sure there are some benefits to that oh uh yeah uh we're probably gonna have another question answering episode come up pretty soon so um do send in your questions comments bribery to uh at sigmarxism pod on twitter or um to podcast at sigmarxism.com i should remember that because i made it the dumber questions the better yeah. we need just your dumbest takes yeah dumb takes please 
dumb takes, pictures, army lists. If you wanna, if you want us to take a look at something you're working on, just send us that, and we will talk about it. Indeed. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and as always, uh, one more thing to mention: uh, Nationalized Games Workshop. Nationalized Games Workshop. isn't your mama's warhammer podcast but i mean i wouldn't i would like to listen to someone's mother's podcast that would be amazing